0: His name means twin in John eleven sixteen he says to the other disciples while speaking of Lazarus, whom the Lord Jesus Christ was about to raise from the dead, saying, "Let us go also that we may die with him." What did he mean by that? Was he being sarcastic, cranky? I don't know. Does the New Testament offer any insight into this man's personal faith journey? In other words, what snippets of his life can we observe that give us some clues, if any, that would lead up to his ultimate personal exclamation of faith? What struggles, doubts, fears and worries can we see as He walked alongside His Creator and Savior? And what should we glean from this? What does Scripture show us beyond His often-touted disbelief? What led Him to finally proclaim, My, Kyrios, and My, Theos? And what does that say to us? Was it a divine and personal revelation for Him like it was for Peter when He said, You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God? Is it necessary to see Jesus as both? Why not just one or the other? We'll come back to that crux in a moment. In John chapter 14, the Christ, Messiah, is alluding to his disciples about his return to the Father and assuring them that he would come back to take them with him. He tells them, and you know where I am going. The same Thomas we just mentioned asks a reasonable question, Lord we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Verse 5. After his resurrection, he appeared to his followers. Thomas was not present to see him then, so when the others exclaimed, we have seen the Lord. He didn't believe had Thomas not witnessed Lazarus being raised from the dead and so had trouble believing Jesus raising himself from the grave was a possibility. We all know his response from John 20, 25, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I'll never believe. These are the only mentions of Thomas other than his name simply being listed along with the other apostles. They don't tell us a lot about him, unfortunately. But there is one more, and it is an important one and it tells us quite a bit more than we realize and might ordinarily walk away with. Thomas and our Messiah have a brief, but spiritually powerful, exchange. After the verses which have earned him the bad rap as a doubter, as if this man who followed Jesus everywhere had no faith, the next five sentences, especially the last, should make us think quite differently about him. But, more importantly, they should lead us to two essential, significant and paramount truths which are lost on many today. Verses 26-28 to declare, 8 days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, and see my hands, and put out your hand, and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Now here's the excellent part, Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. John 20, 28 is a very important bit of Biblical text. Not only is it a definitive statement of faith and submission by the previously doubting devotee that is a pivotal moment in his life, and the same can be said for us, but it is a very telling and revealing testimony concerning who Christ Jesus is to an individual who professes to be his pupil. Additionally, it is a paramount cornerstone in the way the Gospel is portrayed, relayed, confessed and lived out. We can read verse 29, Jesus' response, and be tempted to move on. But when we do that, we miss what Holy Spirit wants to have our heart's eyes open to. Thomas doesn't only declare, My God, Theos. While this portion is critical because many and most in the world simply acknowledge him as a teacher, a good man, a moral person, a historical figure, among other things, to recognize that he is God is necessary and huge. In truth, whether one believes it or not, Jesus is the awaited and foretold Messiah, he is the Savior and Redeemer of all mankind, he is our atoning sacrifice and the propitiation, the one who took upon himself the full and just wrath of God for our sins. He has been given all authority on heaven and earth, he is the one whose name is above every other name, he is the one to whom every knee will one day bow, and the one by whom all mankind will be judged and to whom we will be held accountable for our deeds and words. He is not only the sacrificial lamb, but he is also the conquering lion. He is forgiving and merciful. There is none like him. He has always existed and will always exist. He is eternal, going back and going forward. He is the king of the universe. And he laid down his life for you and for me then, miraculously and powerfully, took it up again. He is God. Equally as tantamount to genuine salvation and rebirth is Thomas' testimony that Jesus is my Lord, Kyrios. This is actually the more personal and deliberate confession and decision which he makes. This may well have been his moment of salvation, when he became a true Christian and an authentic believer. Why do I say this? Even though we have things in our lives that we use to substitute for Almighty God, things we put our trust and faith in, doctors to heal us, romantic relationships to make us feel loved, weapons to guard us and protect us and possibly even help us get revenge, money to make us feel secure and comfortable, clothing and makeup and accessories, shoes included, and hairstyles to make us feel attractive, education to give us self-worth and self-respect, power and position to impress others and so that we feel important and significant, I have struggled with that without realizing it, alcohol and drugs to numb pain and loneliness, all of these are temporal and none of these ultimately satisfies or fulfills us and, most assuredly, none of these can cleanse us and forgive us of our sins. So, when we finally realize and admit our desperate need for our Creator and Savior, and acknowledge what only He can do for us, then we may, like Thomas, make the exclamation, My God! The no God of the atheist, the maybe or I'm not sure God of the agnostic, the false God of world religions, and the not yet God of just about everyone else becomes my God. Thomas confesses this. He understands and accepts the relationship between the potter and the clay, the Creator and the created, the sinless and the sinner. This is the first part. Part 2 involves the individual and public witness, the jubilant manifesto, if you will. When the true disciple professes Jesus Christ as his or her Lord, having made the metanoia the change in the mind, thinking, and repentance, change in the direction of his life, and his or her confession, with the mouth, issuing forth from the overflow of what is in the heart, several key processes are taking place. 1 he is submitting all areas of his life to Jesus' authority. 2. His old nature is dying and getting buried. 3. He is gaining a new, righteous nature. 4. He is gaining a hunger and thirst for heavenly laws and statutes. 5. He is making Jesus the master of his life. 6. He is obtaining grace, that which he does not deserve and cannot achieve through his own efforts. What does the Greek word Kyrios mean? It signifies that God Almighty is chief, head and ruler. It means that all authority and sovereignty comes from Him. It means that He is the owner and creator of all good things. It is a title of respect. Making Christ your Lord means also that you trust His divinity, that He is God, that you are no longer a slave to sin but a slave to righteousness, because the Word says, you are not your own, you were bought with a price, you were ransomed from sin and its power over you and because He gave His life for you, you are giving up your life for Him to be used by Him for His perfect plans and purposes. One movie I watched recently explained it this way, you don't just keep your old life and add Jesus to it. He becomes the one you obey, the one to whom you submit, the one you commit to as you listen to His voice and follow Him. Galatians 2:20 shows, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. The Lord Jesus Christ warned us not to simply say the word or title Lord as if it meant little or nothing but that those who are truly His disciples will actually do the will of the Father, Matthew 7, 21, so that the title Lord means everything to them. In Luke 9, 57-62, the Lord Jesus admonishes, exhorts and tests the commitment level of those who thought they were fully ready and fully willing to surrender to His kingship. When one promised that He would follow Him anywhere, Jesus responded by saying that He has nowhere to lay His head at night. The implication was that there are uncertainties and discomforts involved in truly following Him. When he commanded another man to follow him, that fellow answered that he first wanted to go bury his father and then he would go with him. Jesus replied that it was more important and a true test of his love and devotion to the Son of God, to let others who are uncommitted to his work and uninterested in salvation to go and bury him, and that the man was to go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another promised to follow him, but only after he had a chance to say goodbye to his family. The king forthrightly revealed that whoever goes back instead of going forward in a vow isn't fit for the kingdom of God. As Kyle Eidelman, teaching pastor at Southeast Christian Church, succinctly but excellently puts it, we shouldn't just be fans of Jesus, but rather be followers, committed disciples. That's why our marriages are sacred and holy to God Almighty, they are earthly commitments and mirrors of our faithfulness to Him and His love. We are His bride, and there is no divorcing our God. We are with Him whether rich or poor, whether sick or healthy, in good times and in bad times, as it should be because He never leaves or forsakes us. Thomas shouted, My Lord and my God. Have you done, or are you prepared to do, the same? He certainly is worthy, and your life and eternal soul absolutely depend on it. God bless you and give you grace and courage, wisdom and gratitude.